0: Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest, Jason, is the founder and mayor of Public City. Prior to founding Public City, Jason gained considerable experience working at various Detroit-based public relations agencies over the last 10 years, where he functioned as a media relations specialist. He has developed and managed communications programs and projects for leading companies such as Dunkin' Donuts, eBay, and Microsoft, and also spent significant time working on various General Motors project work. Jason leverages his vast network of media and community contacts to benefit his existing clients. Jason is extremely connected with local, regional, and national media. Among the highlights of his accomplishments include placing various regionally-based clients in front of the national media spotlight. Jason has secured national placements in Business Week, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Entrepreneur, Inc., and Fortune Small Business. Outside of the agency, Jason is a past president of the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, Michigan chapter, and currently sits on the board of directors for Yad Ezra and the Anti-Defamation League, Michigan. Jason is a graduate of Michigan State University, where he earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in journalism. He currently resides in Beverly Hills, Michigan, with his wife, Hope, and two daughters, Eliza and Libby. Jason, thank you so much for agreeing to the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation, but you do a thing or two. Do you keep yourself busy? Do you have time for anything? Geez.
1: I make time for what I want to make time for. So yeah, thanks for having me. This is great.
0: Amazing. So I always like to start with my guests. I like to throw it way back to childhood. So what was your childhood like? Did you know you wanted to be in public relations, be an entrepreneur or walk us through what that was like?
1: Definitely not an entrepreneur, but looking back, you know, I remember as a kid writing sports books. Like I would find Pete Rose or some sports writer or sports player and want to write about them. So that was, you know, probably when I was like eight or 10. And then, you know, just sort of gravitated towards journalism. So, you know, always enjoyed the media, watching, reading, listening. So I thought, you know, at the time, maybe I'd be the next great American sports journalist, perhaps.
0: You wrote books as a kid. That's incredible.
1: Wow. Well, I, you know, I want to I temper that a little bit. You know, <laughs> I I took a couple pieces of paper, cut them in half and like, you know, wrote some things about my favorite heroes, uh, you know, but it, it got me on the itch of, uh, you know, where I thought I was going with my life, I guess.
0: Well, it's not fair because now kids have eight, and nine-year-olds have social media and all these platforms to sell things. So if it were to happen now, I'm
1: sure you could have sold it. So That was before the interweb.
0: <laughs> before the interwebs, exactly. Now, so we transition into grade school, high school. You go to Michigan State. Did you know you wanted to be a journalism major from day one? Or what was that decision, A, to go to Michigan State, and B, the journalism route?
1: Yeah, so I will share with you that, um, not because I was smart or anything, but I started, you know, kindergarten a year early, and the high school that I was in, I graduated a year early. So, I was two years ahead, not because I was a 4.2 student, but it just, for the way of the world, happened that way. So, I was 16 when I graduated high school, and I decided not to go to out-of-town college. I actually got, you know liberal arts degree at Oakland Community College because so I'm like, what is a 16-year-old going to do right. <laughs> at Michigan State University? So I stayed home for a couple of years, got the some of the electives out of the way, and then spent two and a half years at Michigan State. At Oakland Community College, I I learned quite a bit, made friends. They thought I was Doogie Hauser because I was only 16. And some of these folks were like, uh, I guess you call me, yeah, the Doogie Hauser of OCC. But uh, made some lifelong friends there, friends that uh, one in particular, Eric Seals, who's now the Free Press, uh, Detroit Free Press, photo editor. So he worked on the OCC recorder because that was one of the things that I got to do was be a sports reporter at 16 for the Oakland Community College, and then yeah, I transitioned into Michigan State. I knew I was always a Spartan growing up. None of my family went there, but always gravitated towards the Spartans, and uh, you know, got in, was super excited, and then. You know sort of found my way to the state news which is where i wrote for about a year and enjoyed that as well I had a couple of great articles you know we were there you know when um magic johnson announced that he had aids uh to give you a sort of a time frame but uh that was all hands on deck so i got a you know intro into breaking news you know and sort of how that you know worked out so yeah no to i guess to answer your question Journalism was something that I always thought that I would go into, but obviously that shifted a bit over time.
0: Was the Magic Johnson announcement the biggest, I don't want to say memory you have, but like, oh my gosh, I remember right where I was and what happened there? Or were there other stories that you'll never forget when you were either reporting on or how that worked outside of that one?
1: Yeah, I would say that was one. That was probably the biggest one. And then I got an opportunity to interview. NBA great, well, became an NBA great, Steve Smith. Steve Smith signed his first contract with the Miami Heat at the time, and I was assigned to the story to write the story about this MSU legend who uh rookie contract for the NBA I got a chance to talk to him. And so that one I remember, but to, to answer your question, yeah, we were all sitting in the newsroom when that press conference hit for, for Magic and we all got to work and, you know, divided and conquered, you know, different parts of the story. So, uh, yeah, that was those two sort of stand out at my time there.
0: Wow. And then I know you started your career in different PR agencies and then went on your own. When you were working for these other corporations, or I guess even yourself there, but have you had a favorite either account or project work that you really enjoyed working with?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to take a step back to go two steps forward, if you don't mind. Let's do it. So, you know, after Michigan State, I got a couple of jobs in writing, you know, to being the next great sports writer, journalist. I remember I was doing uh, movie reviews for the Observer Eccentric, but, you know, again, quickly realized that that while that was my passion, it wasn't necessarily adding up to dollars. So I did go to Specs Howard after Michigan State because I thought, oh, maybe this radio thing would be kind of cool. You know, I want to get it to meet other media, you know, outlets. And uh, you know, worked at WJR. Then there was a station called WYUR Radio, where I was a talk show producer. And those those things again didn't make a lot of money, but got me a lot of knowledge, expertise, contacts. And one day I was sitting there and this gentleman by the name of Fred Marks owned a PR for Marks Lane and company and said, uh, you seem like a good guy. You ever think about PR? Never thought about it in a million years, but said, uh, what are you making now? I said, oh, about 18 grand. He said, well, I can up that by about 12,000. So you'll be at 30. And I said, all right, when do I uh, when do I start? So, you know, I tell that story because I want to let your viewers, listeners know that, you know, what sort of made me a little different than maybe some other PR people is that, you know, I worked on the other side prior to jumping into the, uh, you know, the PR industry. So, now to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I was always interested in media and um, so it really intrigued me to get into public relations. I didn't know, obviously, the business side of things. I sort of had to learn as we went because, again, in PR, it's not just as simple as you know, calling a reporter and getting a story. That's what I'd love to do. But, you know, obviously there was that business side of things. But yeah, over the years, I've had some fun because public relations can be fun. Sometimes we do crisis communications, obviously, you know, when needed. I don't like to promote that I do crisis communications like, hey, come to me when you have a problem. But when they do have a problem, they do call us. So, you know, I remember working for local PR firm, Hermanoff. And we had a client, it was Caesars Windsor, the casino. And they came to us and they said, we want to do something. They were opening up in Windsor, just to give you a sense of, you know, what was happening. We want to do something that's never been done before. And while that sounds awesome, (laughs) you know, there aren't many things that haven't been done before. Right. So, I brainstormed with the team and I came up with the world's largest toga party because they're Caesars, they're Greek, you know, let's go for the Guinness Book of World's Record for the world's largest toga party. And they said to me at the time, Jason, that is a great idea. We love it. It's amazing, but it's a little too over the top of what we wanted to do. So go back to the drawing board and find something else that has never been done before. So I took it as a challenge, even though I was sort of disappointed that they didn't want to do it. And um, I'll never forget, I was driving down Jefferson and I turned and I looked and I saw a line at the tunnel. And I said, huh, I wonder if anybody has ever sponsored the tunnel before. And I called the tunnel authority. It was a great conversation. I remember the gentleman's name was Neil. His last name is escaping me at the moment. But he said, no one has ever asked us that before. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm in whatever it takes. So, I went back to the client. I said, hey, guys, here's the idea. You know, we pay your way into Windsor on a Sunday for uh, Caesars-Windsor. They said, Jason, that is the best idea we've ever heard. We'd love it. We're going to do it. And then, obviously, we got a ton of media attention for it because once people heard that it was free to go to Windsor for the afternoon, you know, courtesy of Caesars-Windsor, it was uh, it was a home run and that sort of got my uh, PR juices flowing as far as like, so when a client says it's never been done before, we try to do our best to find something that's unique for them.
0: What an idea to come up with. I mean, going from one end of the spectrum of toga party to like, let's sponsor your entry into it. I mean, I just have so much respect for creative individuals like yourself, anyone in PR. I'm learning more as a business owner The importance of PR. I mean, I don't know if I told you this when we met the first few times, but I actually was going to school. I thought my senior year of high school, I'd go to be a journalist. So mad respect for all that you do, of course. Ended up in psychology and now I'm writing resumes. So full circle, but it's so funny. But maybe this is a dumb question, but it's so funny because I work with people that are so, you know, you have the whole like left brain, right brain thing. But what in your mind, and especially being one of the experts in your industry, How do you think of these creative ideas or what makes you say like, damn, that's a good idea or like, ooh, maybe
1: not? So I will tell you that I am grounded in really two words and it's common sense. And I wish more people had those words on top of mind, especially these days. So when somebody asks me, what should we do here? I always go back to those two words and what does common sense tell you to do? So if you, not that I'm recommending this to anyone, but if you punch somebody in the face and you've hurt them, you should probably say you're sorry for that, <laughs> you know?
0: Fair, yeah.
1: And if you do something great, like holding a door open for somebody, they should probably say thank you for doing that. So to answer your question, it really is, for our clients, I really try and hammer home that common sense theme of, and I use those two words probably more than most people do, but I'm a firm believer in it. I think we've sort of lost common sense and compassion somewhere along the line. I'm not sure where, but we don't have to get into that today. But, you know, and even on social media, you'll find hashtags from me called the common sense crusade, because that is something that I'm trying to remind people not to judge or, you know, make them do something that they don't want to do. But just a friendly reminder that uh, common sense can go a long way these days.
0: Yes. It's so funny you bring that up because that has been a topic amongst myself, my employees, my entrepreneur friends, just everyone lately. It's like, where do we go wrong and what span of things? What's the issue here? Because we're seeing that a lot too, or the whole compassion thing, or just, you know, why are you immediately going to assume someone's in the wrong or just like go straight from 0 to 100% anger for no reason at all but such a great reminder and that could be a whole other podcast we could probably speak on for 2 hours but
1: um I'm ready anytime the common sense crusade
0: <laughs> amazing we already got a title too so we got this common sense crusade that's amazing now when you worked for other agencies, at what point did you decide I could do this on my own or start your own entrepreneur journey?
1: Well, I wish I would have thought about it sooner, but uh, it was the last agency I worked for. It was about six months before I left. Basically, what happened was I was at a networking event and this was at Meadowbrook Insurance in Southfield. And my boss at the time called me once. I was in the middle of the networking, and didn't think much of it. Couple minutes later, get a second call from her, and I said, "All right, this is odd. Maybe there's something going on. I should step out, see what's up." And you know, the call she had said, "So where are you?" I said, "Oh, I'm at Meadowbrook Insurance." Well, what are you doing there? If you're pitching new business, then shouldn't I be there too? And I took a minute and I said, "Yes, you should be, if I was pitching new business. But you'll see on my calendar, it says that it's a networking event." and I'm networking trying to find new business. So I'm not meeting with MetaWork Insurance at the moment. And, you know, I could hear the pause and say, okay, we'll see me when you get back. It's like, all right, talk to you later. You know, it was just at that moment that there was no trust. There was no feeling of I was doing the right things and helping grow the the agency I was working for. And I just said, you know what, I need to do this myself. And uh, so I, Went to my wife at the time, who I met in a PR firm, by the way, so we work together now. <laughs> that's funny. And I said, you know, I want a new job. And she said, great. And they said, okay, well, I'm going to start my own agency. And she said, that's the dumbest idea I've <sighs> ever heard. And But she was supportive and, you know, I left. I left with no clients, mm-hmm. no revenue, just this idea that there was a at the time a PR guy that could help people, you know, with their PR needs locally and she said, "Look, you got three to four months because that's all about what we have saved away. So, if you can't make a work in three to four months, I know you're talented. You'll find another job. But, you know, go on your entrepreneurial journey and see what happens. And I can tell you, October of this year will be at uh, the 15th year anniversary. So, wow, I think we, you know, made the right call. And she joined uh, about 10 years ago, about four or five years into the, the agency. She was working for another large agency and." She had to do some uh, like overnight calls from Dubai and it was just a little much and for work, you know, that you have to stay up at twelve thirty, one o'clock to do a you know, conference call. And I said, Look, agency's still growing, we got plenty of work. You could work from the office, work from home, whatever you want to do. And so it's been a nice, you know, both professional and uh personal relationship uh for the last eleven years or so.
0: That's incredible, and it's so funny because I feel like any every entrepreneur says the same thing. I wish I would have thought of this sooner, did this sooner, but times are always right. But fifteen years—that's incredible. Well, congratulations on that. That's thank, not thank an you. easy feat to do, and especially let's see, oh eight, oh nine recession, pandemic. You can list a lot of things you've gone through in your time.
1: Yeah, she. Uh, that's I think why it, you know when I said I'm going to start my own, it, she just thought it wasn't the best time. She didn't necessarily think that I couldn't do it, but she just thought given the economy at the time, it probably wasn't the best time. But, you know, we took a shot. I had a, you know, three to four page business plan that I put together for her to show when I thought we could do. And luckily, you know, I, I'd like to say that, you know, I haven't pissed off too many people in this <laughs> uh, area that, you know, I also tell people I'm batting 90-10, you know, there's 90% that like me, there's 10% that don't. And I got to focus on the 90 to, yeah, keep going.
0: Right. That's been another reoccurring theme. You don't like everyone. I don't like everyone. Why do we care if everyone likes you? You shouldn't. Exactly. Now, I want you to take the time to go over the importance of a good PR firm and why you're different because, and maybe this is just me thinking this, but I feel there is a big gap of people that do not understand what's important as a PR firm, all the back end work you do to make a rebranding successful, a big announcement successful, an opening successful, but walk us through why your firm especially is important or different or what services you offer.
1: Sure. So we're a little different in the sense of we're not a full service agency. And what I mean by that is when I started it, I didn't want to be something for everybody. I didn't want to be somebody who offered media relations, digital marketing, social media, advertising, marketing, you know, I could keep going for the next (laughs) two, three minutes. But you get the point that I didn't want to put on my website that I had 20 different disciplines that I could offer you. So we specialize in really two areas, media relations and community relations. So the media relations, the publicity, thus the name public city. I had one lady say, I don't get it. I said, well, then I can't work with you. I'm sorry if you can't, (laughs) if you can't get it. Common sense. Back to that. (laughs) Right. Common sense. And then community relations, you know, my first PR job that I was talking about earlier with a local company, Marks Lane, that Fred Marks, who has since passed away, you know, he really taught me the power of a relationship and what a relationship means in business. And I sort of, you know, followed that lead as far as interns, junior producers, all the way up to the anchors, you know, no one is more important than somebody else. So you know, to answer your question, it's really about what you're looking for. Are you looking for someone to, you know, up your social media game, Uh, you know, digital marketing or advertising, you know, what are the things that you need? And then find specialists in those areas, because, you know, this might upset a few people, but I believe that there's not one agency that can handle it all. And if they tell you, you can, I would do your homework and see if they if they really can because, um, you know, there are some companies that say they do social media and themselves have, you know, 125 followers. And it's like, okay, well, are you really into social media if you only have even 200 followers? We can debate that. But so when we're asked for those things, because we are, you know, can you handle our Facebook? Can you handle you know, our Instagram posts, or photos, you know, those types of things, we never say no to a client, but we go to experts in those fields and partner with them, and it's a win-win for everybody because, you know, they're specialists in their areas, I'm a specialist in mine, so, you know, those clients are getting, you know, sort of top-notch experience and not somebody who's pretending to be experts in, you know, a variety of disciplines.
0: And that's such a great point because I think a lot of people try to do one-stop shop, which nothing wrong with that, but why are you different? And I see that a lot too. So great point to bring up. Now, what exciting things do you have in store for this next year or anything that you want to self-promote or talk about that we can look for?
1: You know, some people, they often call me the wizard, meaning that I'm the man behind the, the screen, the curtain, you know, don't put myself out there too much. Um, I appreciate being on the podcast and I'm more than happy to give wisdom and, you know, hopefully help a few folks along the way. But I will say that firstly I'm excited to do a, you know, 15th anniversary event for our company coming up, you know, to celebrate that with past and present clients, probably more present than past, but we'll divide a few past. And then what I'm excited about is, you know, just some of the names of clients that, you know, we've been able to work with people like Hollywood Casino and we do also a lot of nonprofits as well, like the Detroit Pal and the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation and Higera Health and Covenant House Michigan, which is great. So just the idea that these folks are entrusting us with their public relations needs. And I enjoy what I do. Every day is different. You know, get to do what I want to do if we were going to be on this podcast for eight hours today, not that we're going to, but if we were, (laughs) uh, you know, nobody's over my shoulder saying, will you get off now? I need to talk to you. So my life changed for the better 15 years ago. Not that it wasn't great already, but just was even more enriched in the sense of I got to do what I want to do on my own terms and, you know, help people the way I think they should be helped. So I think it's just a really a matter of who the clients are, you know, We work really hard for them on a daily basis. And if somebody can't see that, that's okay. You know, I'm not going to try and convince you. But I will say that there are dozens of others who can do what it is that you're looking for. You know, a couple days ago, I turned 52 and I realized what's important every day. And, you know, again, clients are the backbone of our business, but in the end, they hire us for a reason to be counselors to them. And if you don't want to listen to the counsel, then why are we working together? Many of them do, obviously. They love us for what we do and the coverage that we get for them. And that's what sort of keeps me focused on a daily basis.
0: Well, happy belated birthday, first Thank of you. all. Now, you kind of already started on the words of wisdom, but I always like to wrap up every podcast with a piece of advice. It could be anything. There's No rhyme or reason behind it, but if you could either tell your 18-year-old self a piece of advice, listeners any piece of advice, what would you say?
1: I would say a couple things. One is, I'm a believer that anybody who's watching this is a subject matter expert in something. So take that subject matter expertise, send an email to a a media person to see if they want to get to know you because of your, your subject matter expertise. You know, some people are often reluctant to do something like that and media is looking for good content good sources so I would recommend doing that now one of the other philosophies of the agency is give to get what are you giving in this case the media or the community to get what it is that you're looking for so if you're looking for a story you got to give them good content versus you have a 50% off sale today or if you're looking to do good in the community give a nice donation And the charity will say nice things about you. Um, But I'll give a little caveat. Give because you want to give. Don't give because, you know, you might get something nice in return. So I think those things are things that folks should think about.
0: It's so true. Not what's in it for you, but what you can do to help other people. So I'm a big believer the universe will figure it out and come back to you. But it's such a great reminder too. Well, Jason, you have given so many words of wisdom. You should promote yourself more and do these things more because you're really freaking good at it. So how how are you going to be? But I get it because you're in PR, so it's hard to promote yourself. I don't like writing about myself and I write for a living, so I get it, but still. Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. And for those of you listening, if you want to follow Jason, see what he's up to in the next year, head to the show notes to reach out to him, to follow him on social media. Tune in next week for another episode of That's Business.